Hi, this is Karina Ganter's host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pen. I am your host, Karina Gantus. It is NAPOD POMO special still. Um, I am an award-winning author of 14 books, an award-winning filmmaker, booktuber, YouTuber, and I host the Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network, and I run Author Assist, which helps authors new and established to get their books out there, to get their name known and to help them uh, get sales possibly (laughs) (laughs) um my guest today is uh sean hillman welcome to the show sean thank you i appreciate it glad to be here wonderful uh whereabouts are you right now in the world i'm in atlanta georgia in the united states um a little bit northwest of atlanta actually have you always lived there because i can't hear a twang to your (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, actually, I was born in Maryland uh, in the United States, so I have a little bit of a Baltimore, Baltimore uh, accent when occasion, or Washington. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> a few, it comes through now and then. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're probably excited or angry, and then it comes right. out. It's the same <laughs> with my my Irish, my 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 uh, Paddy, Paddy, my grandfather. He's from Dublin, and. Okay. Um, I've never been to Ireland, and my mum's half Irish. My mum was half Irish, God rest her soul. And um, but it comes out all of a sudden when I'm I'm angry. All of a sudden, this Irish accent will come out. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? You know, <laughs> right. where where the hell did that come from? You know, it just <laughs> it just comes out. It's weird. So, um, do you have any? Uh, uh, foreign uh, blood in you from uh, your parents, descendants, or uh, mostly from Northern Europe. Um, although my mother was half Australian, and so I'm quarter Australian. Oh although wow! I've never, been, I've never been to Australia, but everybody else in my family has. So that's still a goal. I like going to get there. It's on your bucket list. Of relatives there, so yeah. My father was uh, Canadian, so I'm half Canadian. All my family uh, on my dad's side have been to Canada apart from me. Um, and I have aunties and cousins over there, and I've never met them. So I, you're the same as me. That's somewhere we need to go to say that we've been there. That's our roots. That's where our family originates from. You know, it's good to uh, check it out. I'd like to see Canada myself. Um, so... The first question I ask my guests, Sean, if you've listened to the show, which I hope you have, is what do you use your pen for? All the crazy ideas that come into my head. Uh, on any given day, uh, I am writing down a, either a novel idea or a game idea. Um, I find that uh, getting something down on paper, on paper, uh, or on the word cruncher uh, will uh, help me organize my thoughts a little bit better and not, and not be, you know, not, no, uh, paralysis through too many ideas. So getting the ideas down, getting them saved, allows me to, to put them in their proper uh, context and place. And as authors, we need to get those ideas out of our heads as soon as possible because they fill up with more and they won't leave us alone until we do. I usually blog for the purposes of either something I've very, feel very passionate about or just 
in a very conversation conversation with the five or six people who read it, um, you know, uh, just to keep them updated on what's going on and, and to to keep the uh, keep the focus outward. I think it's um, because if I get too internalized. Uh, I forget that what I want is for people to read what I'm writing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to just keep it all to myself. So that helps me push out a little bit and reach out a little bit to others uh, so they can see what I'm doing. Oh, well, I'll definitely have the link for that uh, blog um, underneath in descriptions um, and uh, the video cast. It will be underneath the YouTube video cast as well. Um, so we've established you're an author, but what I want to know before we talk about the writing and stuff is that what other creative talent do you have? Because everyone's always got another one. Once, you, once you've got that creative blood in you, it's not just one thing. So what else do you do hobby-wise? Um, I'm a big role-playing gamer. Uh, I like role-playing games. At about the same time that I decided I wanted to be a writer, I also got into uh, role-playing games. Um, so, uh, oh, go ahead. That's when you, you're with a group of, say, guys, uh, and and you're all given a character, and you make up a story about the character, and then you what throw the dice and roll the dice and pick up cards to see what's going to happen in the story. Yeah, absolutely. That's yep. That's all right, I've never played one before. I just <laughs> I, I assumed that's what it was. So, what do you like about that? Is it because you're a writer yourself and you have that imagination that you can? Basically, it's even better than writing it. You're stepping into that character's shoes and you're going through those uh, exciting things with, I'm sure it's fantasy that you, you play with. Uh, well, fantasy and science fiction or, you know, speculative fiction if, for folks who, who don't really like make a distinction. Mm. Um, no, absolutely. I, uh, the ability to be someone else in a safe context and to try and live that imagined life just for a couple of hours, um, it it does definitely ticks a lot of boxes. Yes, it's the creative side for that, but it, I think it's also helped me to be a little bit more empathetic with other people in their in their situations, um, where you know you, you're thinking about, um, I guess a little bit like an actor would, you mm -hmm. know, who am I? What am I doing here in this moment? Um, how would this person react to what's going on around them? Uh, and then I really enjoy the, um, not really randomness, but I like the, the idea of fortune being involved. I'm very much a believer that dice or whatever fortune mechanic cards, like you mentioned as well, um, that moment where I don't know what's going to happen next. I really love that uncertainty. Yeah, uh, with a, well, I mean, you know, as we write, we sometimes have a bit of uncertainty what's going on with our characters. Mm. But in the, the role-playing game, uh, you have that's no idea up. what's going to happen next to you. Roll that dice. Right, right. Is this? Am I going to live or die? Am I going to <laughs> fall in love or not? And you know, so I think that that uh, is, a, is a lot of fun. Um, I spend a lot of time on the creative side, on the, what we call the game master side as well creating these situations for other people to play in. Um, and uh, so that that's that's one other hobby. Um, I'm also uh, a bit of a history 
history, not mostly military mm. history. Oh, wow. Uh, I enjoy reading. And I think at some point there's going to be historical fiction coming out. Uh, I'm just not exactly sure what and where and when, but it's it's in there somewhere. It's going to happen. I was going to ask you, with, with your role-playing and now with you loving history, that must play a huge part in your actual writing. Yes, yes. Um, when I'm writing, I try to think about the long, you know, where characters or situations have been and where they're going after this book is over or the story is over. Um, and uh, so I always, I definitely look at my writing in a historical context. Mm. Yeah. I, can, I can imagine you're very strict when it comes to uh, the time. I always get told about, told off about this, how, you know, you don't show us how much time has elapsed from one scene to another or, or you know, how long has this been going on? And I never, I, I don't think like that when it comes to, I just write and then I'm told, oh, well, you know, you've got to have a time barrier between this, you know, you've got to let the reader know how much time has lapsed. But I don't think you would have that problem with you being so strict on um, keeping everything uh, on a uh, timeline because you know where it's going to go, the historical line sort of thing. Yeah, but I, I do like to be, uh, I, I do like to um frosting that transition you know uh so you know a scene, a scene might happen at night and if it's going to be something that's like two days later then i'll i'll find a way to make that you know to, to get that in there um but i i actually like to use um day and night um morning evening sort of the in sort of the uh environment environments right you know sunrise right there was a scene at night and now they're they're walking sunrise and so the, the the reader can imagine okay so only a few hours have passed now right i gotta i gotta learn that <laughs> it's just just one little one of my downfalls just one of them um <laughs> what's the hardest part for you when it comes to the art of writing i think the, the hardest part is um two things having enough good grammar to not distract people um I'll, I'll i'll admit i'm a bit of a grammar rebel uh, i'll use but and and to begin sentences and it sounds perfectly good to me and the reason i do that is it's, it's how people talk so i write in a much more casual style um but trying to enough good grammar so when i make it exceptions it's it's um you know people are like oh my gosh this guy this guy even go to grade school <laughs> right um and uh probably the the used to well i will say this it used to be character emotions um i'm not a deeply emotional person except for on a, a couple things um so writing um emotions was difficult although mm -hmm. role-playing games again helped with that Mm. Um, but now it's really trying to um, stick to the style I've chosen. Because 
I consciously don't really use, like, for instance, said, I don't, he said, she said, I don't use said quite a bit. Although I'm actually trying to get more said into my writing. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I will find, uh, I find something that works really well for me, but then I sort of backslide. I'm like, no, no, you got to stick to this style that works for you. Uh, so getting that that part disciplined, that part of the discipline down has been a bit, a bit of a challenge. You don't bother with these rules on the first draft, surely. You just write. Right. I just write and uh, I'll note a sentence like, oh, that's kind of rough. I'll be back to that. Um, and I'm much better about letting that go than I used to be. I, I used to be like, oh, no, I got to go back and do this, uh, fix this before I go on. But now I'm just like, no, I'll fix it. I'll fix it in post-production. <laughs> exactly. Get get the get the novel written first. I mean, we know as authors of writing, even though it sounds complicated, I mean, it is rather complicated, but it's still the easy part of this whole system of, of publishing, promotion and everything. The, the writing is the easy part. It's after that's the hard part. Um. When it comes to publishing, are you contracted? Are you self-published? Uh, so I've uh, appeared in an anthology, and I am going to be in another anthology in 2023. Um, so for the moment, that's where it's at. Uh, my intention is to uh, self-publish. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so what's on the deck uh, is a novella, uh, a speculative fiction novella called Epilogue. Um, my nano project, uh, which is going pretty well, called uh, Pollen Season. Uh, it's also science fiction or speculative fiction, I think is probably the best way to put it. Uh, and and uh, getting a, together a collection of short fantasy stories that are uh, takes on different fables over the years. Um, mm. That hopefully all of that is slated for 2023. Um, but I would like to, I would like to be if tour through through money at me for a book i would obviously take that opportunity but i really would like to stick with self-publishing and small small presses small medium press why um i feel like that's where my audience might be honestly um i'm not interested in thousand page epic fantasy i'm much interested in 150 or 200 or 300 page epic fantasy which i think you can do because that's what i grew up with right where you could uh where the biggest two books i read as a as a teenager were war and peace oh god uh, and, i know and Stephen crazy uh, original cut of the stand so that's oh. about 668 pages i think um so those were the, the long the, so those for in my mind have always been okay this is the this is the line that I'm not going to go over Yeah, <laughs> uh, because these are fantastic stories. And I don't think, I feel like any more would just be too uh, much, too much. So it actually sounds to me like you are a late starter. Why, why were you not writing and publishing younger? Uh, well, I was writing. I started the writing. I got the bug about 10 years old. Um, and I think the problem at first was uh, I got a lot of bad advice. And so this is also, I didn't realize that people all along were, were um, self-publishing. Um, 
and I didn't want to get involved, and I never had the money anyway to get, uh, use a vanity press. Um, and this is before uh, electronic uh, copies of books would be available to people. Uh, and I was not very good at short stories. So uh, sending a short stories to magazines didn't feel like it was um, something I, I would be successful at. Oh. Eventually, though, I realized that, that you don't get successful at something unless you practice it and perform. So I eventually got over that and started submitting to magazines. And I got a lot of rejections, obviously. Um, but I was like, of the course. Shows you were a writer when you get your first rejection letter. Like, yeah, yep. I made it. Yep. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I, I had friends who were skeptical about me being a writer until I got my first rejection. And they're like, okay, yes, you are now a writer. I get it. And so that, um, that that was a big stepping stone for me. Um, so so I've been writing both with game stuff, but in uh, you know fiction. Um, I did some writing for an online uh, newspaper. Um, I've done a lot of game reviews, so I have gotten paid for my writing, just not uh, until recently. Fiction. Paid for my, Got right. yeah. yeah. So. Have you ever thought of combining uh, a novel writing and your role-playing game into a choose-your-own-adventure novel? Yes, I have thought about that. Um, in the last two years, especially, I've thought, wouldn't it be interesting to create um, a narrative uh, like that? And uh, Because in role-playing games, uh, solo adventures are essentially choose your own adventure. Um, so I do have a little bit of experience with that. And yes, I think that would be a really great idea. Because they're, um, they're not around anymore. And I used to love reading them and they were so huge. And all of a sudden they just stopped just because stopped. computers came out and you could play the game online, choose your own adventure. And so people stopped reading them. And I think if someone who knew what they were doing bought one out, I think it would be really popular again. I think so too. I think, I think there's definitely a market for it. Um, people, um, and a, a market for people who like us who enjoyed them, but also a market for people. Have um, never seen them. Yeah. Right. Never heard uh, of them. Maybe. I, I often think that um, the writers in the lit RPG subgenres would uh, that would be something that would work for them too, mm. combining you know the the online, the focus for an online world, um, which people are already familiar with, with that choose your own adventure. Yeah, but they're there for those that don't know about these books. They are so so difficult to write, so hard to organize. I mean, you, you start reading a story, and then it's like right. Something happens and you've got two choices. And if one choice you go to page 38 and the other choice you go to page 137. So <laughs> you're not even reading through the book. You, you're following the instructions that the author's given you, depending on which decision you make. So for someone actually writing that and trying to map it all out and oh my god it'd be like you'd have to be fantastic at mathematics you'd have to yeah. be so good at numbers at planning it's it's a real 
tough feat, but I think if you can do it, then I think it would really work. By two on your alpha and beta readers to, especially in terms of consistency, you know, them, them going through each, each, each line or each thread uh, so that it ends up supposed to end up. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's that's quite exciting. I hope you do do something with that. I know it's a a, a big uh, um, feat to 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 take on a project like that. But I hope you do. You're the right person to do because you're a, a writer and you into role playing. So you're the ideal person to to write another uh, choose your own adventure. And I think someone like my daughter, who's never ever seen or even heard of those books, she would love them. Yeah. And she didn't, she's not a reader, but she would love them. Because I remember when I was her age, how much I enjoyed them. It was, it, you are choosing your own adventure. You are making up this wonderful, fantastical story. Even though it's, it's written for you, you're the one who's making the plot and taking the story along. And that makes you feel, I don't know if it, that helped me with my writing, but um being uh, reading them and getting caught in this fantasy world it was just absolutely wonderful of course it was Tolkien who made me write my fantasy but uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course blame Tolkien um, and uh, people like Philip Pullman and Cassandra mm -hmm. Clare you know their their books and their imagination just uh, uh, spurred me to to write my own so the one the one that you're out now, the only thing you have published fiction-wise that's out now is in an anthology, yeah? Correct. Yep. Right. What's the story? Uh, what genre is the story? What's the story about? So, uh, ironically, um, uh, it's a urban fantasy. Um, the story is called uh, The Druid of Market Street. Oh. Um, and the anthology was... Um, I believe it was the 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 catch for, or the you know the the prompts were um, magic uh, magic market or something else uh, and I don't remember the something else but uh, I thought okay well um, I'd had the idea for a druid who's not traditionally Irish Celt um, this this person's ancestry goes all the way back to the Galicians in Anatolia. So they're mm -hmm. they're Anatolian, which is modern day Turkey, um, uh, Celt, um, and uh, I said it in Atlanta, uh, in downtown Atlanta, in a bit of a fictionalized uh, uh, market street. Yeah. Um, although I've had advice, if I continue with this character, which I intend to, to move it to someplace active people, um, which I will do. Um, but essentially, she she runs uh, Thea, Thea, the character runs a um, flower shop, uh, uh, but she's also uh, a, a good negotiator between <clears throat> the robotic world and the mortal world. Um, so it combines, um, you know, corporate negotiations, a little bit of magic. Um, and, uh, some, what I think are some really great characters, um, for instance, all the demons are, they're all named Baal, 
um, but they're all named Butler. But it's even though we can't hear it as a human being, there's subtle variations in how you say the word, the name Bob. <laughs> um, and uh, little details like that. I just felt, fell in love with the story as I was writing it uh, and in the world building. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's about uh, Dorotea helping uh, some a young girl, a young woman, actually, uh, with... Uh, some negotiations with a particularly uh, nasty, charmingly dark is how the <laughs> the demons come off. I like that. So she's, dark. she's a mediator of sorts, then. Yes, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. cool. And and uh, you enjoyed that world building that and the characters that you want to make another short story using uh, well, the actually, same. I think novel. Uh, I'd like to do a novel next for that character. Wonderful. Oh, well done character. He, anthology that's coming out. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but the anthology that's coming out next year. Um, what's uh, the genre for that? They were apocalyptic stories happening right during the apocalypse. Uh, again, it's set in Atlanta, a bit of a fictionalized Atlanta. Um, the character is um, what we refer to as a Dunwoody housewife. Mm -hmm. uh, but so in the, in the span of this momentous, uh, terrible thing that's happening to the city, uh, she sort of finds her own strength. Um, but it's, it's, it's horror, um, which it, the, the irony being, I got into writing 2PA science fiction and fantasy writer speculative, you know, uh, but the first, my first story out was an urban fantasy, which I'd never thought I'd write. Um, and the second is going to be a horror, which I had contemplated, but never thought I'd be good at. So, but that, it's really, that's been great. The fact that I've, I've written in, with, in idioms that are not typically what I imagined I would has been great for my writing. Yeah, it's good to step out of your comfort zone and to try new genres. And I mean, myself, I started off with thrillers. I thought I was going to be a one book person anyway. So I had no idea how many years later, 14 now. Um, <laughs> but I've done nearly every single genre there is out there, apart from um, Wild West, no, Weird West, which is the new one. And uh, cowboys and country type, except for those, I think I've done covered all the genres and even made up my own. But it, it's good when you can step out of the norm and be a little more different, because then your book will be above the others that are out there. We have so much competition. Uh, I read the other day, which is quite a startling uh, statistic, that 4,500 books get published every day and we thought we had a competition before I mean even right. now it's getting worse because the pandemic people were started writing this book that had always been inside of them they had the yeah, time right. to do it and so we tripled the amount of authors all of a sudden through the pandemic where some authors didn't have the inspiration, stopped writing completely, whereas most of them that wanted to do that book got that book out. So yeah, we have more competition. So the more we can step out of the box when it comes to um, characters, the plot, the genre, and the more 
we can step out of the box to market ourselves and to stand out of everyone else, the more chance we have of getting those really difficult sales nowadays. Agree, agree, yeah. The thing, thing about um, marketing and promotion, you have, especially with Amazon, you have so many authors, especially new authors that are selling their book for 99 cents or even giving it away for free. So you've you've spent a fortune publishing the book. I mean, you've got your editor, you've got your formatter you pay for, you paid for your cover design to make sure the book is totally polished before it goes out there, unlike some people. And so you don't want to sell your book for 99. You need to make start making a profit. You need to make sure that your book is at a decent price and that you're getting decent money for it. Um, nowadays, with, with Amazon, we're making maybe $1 on a paperback, which is yeah. ridiculous. Um, if you sell from places like Lulu, where you're printing the book, you can make 6 to $8 on the same price. Right. But the problem yeah. is everyone knows Amazon. So they trust Amazon and they go to Amazon and buy. And if we try promoting from Lulu, they'll be like, what's Lulu? What's Lulu? You know, Lulu's been around for uh, 20 years. Exactly. I was with Lulu right from the beginning. 27 years ago, I was with Lulu. Right, I'm still with them now. Um, but the the readers don't know and they don't trust new places. And we're now saying, um, don't go to places like Amazon and buy my book and Barnes and Noble. Buy it from me. Because the yeah. money then goes into my pocket, not a third person, a greedy organization that doesn't need it. We no longer, as, as uh, self-published authors, we no longer need Amazon. We can use Amazon as a bookshelf. But we yeah. no longer need them to actually sell our books. If we can get our readers and new readers to our website and have the book on there, and they pay through PayPal or whatever, and it goes straight in our pocket and nobody else gets to touch it. That right. is what many authors are doing. They're moving away. They're doing that themselves with e-commerce on their website, which doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, and having a payment system, which is, you can do it in five minutes flat. Yes, bingo, yes, you, you know, yep. bingo. Use Amazon for what it was supposed to be from the beginning. And that is a bookshelf. Yep. That's that's my opinion. That's what I'm doing, <laughs> and that's what many many authors are doing now because uh, we've we've had enough of being ripped off. We've had enough of not getting, um, not getting what we're worth, not being paid what we're worth, and the money and time that it takes to make a book, especially your debut novel. The yep. last thing you want to do is to sell it for ninety nine cents. I would agree with that. Yep. Well, how close, I mean, you've got the anthology coming up and you said the novella you want to get published next year. How close are you to finishing that? Uh, epilogue is uh, really uh, probably about two or 3,000 words away from being complete and then polished. So I'm end of January is what uh, is my... Oh, wonderful. Goal. I guess probably around April ha having it out. So. Your your debut, we can't call you a debut, debut novel. It's a debut 
your debut novella. Um, but that's exciting. And have you thought ahead about how you're going to be promoting it and marketing it? I have thought a little bit about that. Um, I think once uh, November gets done, I'm going to do uh, even more research into the marketing, um, establishing my newsletter, um, establishing the reader magnet uh, and or magnets, and then trying to find the places where people who might be interested in that are lurking mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, of, of marketing. Um, Reddit doesn't have a great reputation at times, but I think Reddit is probably someplace where uh, people will, uh, you, there's enough people there that they're like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And you may get sales from that. Um, Twitter is exploding. I mean, it's imploding, I should say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll probably end up on Mastodon and Hive in the near future as well. Because, um, it, it, you know, I, I, it's easy enough to write a blog post and then put it in different social medias, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and then getting a good rhythm for that. I think that's probably the biggest thing that will I will do is start getting into a rhythm of scheduling posts. Um, you've got to, it should really be two to three months before a book comes out that you yeah. start your marketing plan. So you're a little bit behind, but you'll bit. catch up. Um, it's time to start teasing the the subscribers, the followers that you have now on social media about the book, um, what it's about, um, maybe a title reveal first, and then um, introduce them to one of the characters with a character card. Um, before you do a cover reveal, when you do the cover reveal, make sure your book's on pre-order. And so they yep. have a link. They see the beautiful cover, they see the blurb, they have a link, they can go and pre-order before. I'll put a pre-order at least a month before you release. Okay, yeah, okay. And, and make sure whether you're a member of these platforms, if you're not and you don't want to join TikTok and you don't want to join um, uh, Instagram, if you're, if you're not already on there, um, make sure you find someone who is on there and has a pretty good number and would be willing, of course, for free <laughs> to post your uh, a post, a promo post about your book. Um, bloggers, find those bloggers, those that have uh, high um, stats of people uh, coming to their website, not these little people that aren't going to help you. Um, a blog tour is another good idea. They're a little bit costy. You can pay up to 200 for a two-week blog tour, but they could help, especially with reviews. Yeah. Um, ARC readers are free. You just need to find them, and they will give you your reviews before your book can – once your book is released, they will then go and put those reviews out because they're the first people to read the book. Right, right. I could give you more and more. I could keep going on and on and on with the lots and lots of tips for you. I've been doing this for 27 years now, but uh, I'm here for you anyway. When it comes to the time when you're ready to to really crack down on uh, promotion and that, give me a shout and I'll, I'll, I'll help you through that stage. I appreciate that. And that's one really nice thing the last few years have been helpful as well is, is I've finally gotten into a, uh, a good community of writers. Um, people like yourself who have experience and who are willing to share that experience. And, and, you know, I, I, 
I pay it forward when I can, what little I know. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that it's, uh, that's been a very, for me, it's been really helpful. Not yeah, out I mean, stepping on the wilderness all the time. Yeah. But it won't be long until you can pay it forward because once yeah. you've done it and you'll, you'll make mistakes, we all do. Uh, once you learn from your mistakes and you can tell other new authors, don't make the same mistakes I made, do it this way. So um, I'm really excited for you. I'm excited for any new author that's ready to go out there because I've been in that position 27 years ago. I know what it feels, especially when you hold that book in your hand. It's got your name on it. It's, you know, it's your first, it's, it's tear jerking. It really is. You say you'll cry. I know you will. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> I can't wait to see the cover. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Sean. Thank you for being a guest on Behind the Pen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love talking about writing. Uh, so I'm always happy to, to speak about it. So thank you very much for having me on. Hey folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to support and keep the podcast going, you can donate via my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Karina Gantus, all small letters. Every dollar helps me share my platform with these amazing artists. Don't forget to follow like and review the podcast your support means everything <laughs>